Hey, John. Hi. It's good to be standing here. Um, I, uh, I had the privilege of uh, being introduced to, uh, to COVID. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm okay, John. I wouldn't be here otherwise. Oh, yeah. But uh, I really appreciate the fact of being able to give Andy a text saying, Andy, can, could you be able to speak this Sunday? And he said, yes. So um, it's great to be able to uh, have people to fill in. Um, so anyway, this morning, uh, I want to, we're going to do three-ish things. Yes. And the first thing is our kickoff Sunday. And, and if you saw the... Um, yeah, if you saw the, the Friday notice that went out, it felt like COVID um, because there, <laughs> we said August 11th, that's already passed, it's September 11th, and it says 9 a.m., but the service is actually going to be at 10 still, okay? That's we'll make, the, don't you think that's a little bit COVID up there, a little confusing? Uh, so we'll make all those corrections, just so you know. We're going to do a kickoff Sunday on September 11th, 10, and then following that will be a brunch. Uh, so we're going to do the pancake thing like we normally do and, uh, and have some other goodies. So we're looking forward to that. So don't be too confused, but we'll, we'll hopefully unfix that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of exciting stuff coming up this fall. Um, one of which is that youth is starting up here again. And um, in fact, registration is open for your kids from grade 5 to 12. It's awesome what they do. The, the leaders really love on these kids and really come alongside them and, and help disciple them and build them into, into just great young, young people. And um, so yeah, registration is open for that. And for you parents, um, we want to invite you alongside the youth. And actually for our first, um, I believe it's the first night, September 6th from 7 to 8 p.m. is a parents kind of invite night. And you guys can um, come, get to know the leaders, get to know the other parents of kids your age. And I believe there's dessert. And, but very importantly, there's registration for that as well. And it's just to give um, the youth, just um, the youth leaders, just a bit of a sense of the numbers so that they can plan accordingly. And you can register for both of those things, the youth for youth and also parents for the parent night on the church app or on the church website. So yeah, get yourself and your kids registered for youth. And uh, as well, speaking of that, we have a fall camping retreat for our family experience, FX. And it's going to be out at Imadine. The information's up there September 23rd to the 25th. You can also go to our events and you can register for that. Last year, we were there. Fantastic time. Um, and would encourage you to check that out. Mark, I saw Mark here. Where's Mark? Mark's back there. Um, Mark and his wife Sarah are in charge of that. And if you want to talk to Mark and find out more about it, then talk to, uh, talk to him and he'll give you more information. So that's our three-ish things, and I have two more things to add in there. Uh, th that's why it's ish, ish things. Uh, one is we did Jumpstart yesterday, and we had a fantastic time. I think there was four, 46. Thank you. We had 46 families, and we gave over 200 backpacks away. It was fantastic. It was great. Thank you, Kim. I know you did a lot of hard work of getting all that stuff together, and you had a great team of putting it together, but we had a great time of welcoming the community here, and thank you for all of your, your support and your gifts towards that. Um, next Sunday, we give out backpacks out at uh, Boys Road, and we're looking forward to a good celebration time down there, but it was fantastic. And then my last announcement is um, we, have, we have two, two young men who are going to be baptized today after church. Isaac and where is um, 
uh, Levi. Those two dudes there are going to get baptized, and they're going to be at, at Imidine. Yeah. And so uh, if you would like to be part of that, it, there's going to be a people heading out. Like, apparently, it has to be like at noon exactly. I don't know why, but... Uh, uh, so if you would like to go and see these two guys baptize and celebrate that, it's going to be at Imidine right after the service. And that's what's been happening there. So those are our, our two more-ish things. That's, good. that's a good-ish. It's a good-ish good thing. Yeah, <laughs> super. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all. I, I don't feel much pressure, the fact that uh, we need to be done probably just after 11. And I realize, to my shame, I have 23 slides. I'm, I'm, a, bit of a, I'm a bit of an image nut. I tend to, I, I need visual. I need, I need to touch and see and feel, because that's just kind of, it's how I learn. So therefore, it's kind of how I, how I teach or how I share. So, so I guess I have just over a minute slide to, to try and do this. Let's, so let's move on very quickly. <laughs> um, if, you were, uh, if you were here a month ago when I spoke, uh, we, we looked at Philippians, uh, kind of took one verse and kind of looked. We did the whole book of Philippians in about 30 minutes. But we took one verse, uh, Philippians 1.27. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ Jesus. So we, kinda, we, we took that little snippet, whatever happens. And, and, and one of my points was, whatever happens, um, uh, think correctly. So I'm going to spin off that today. We're going to kind of spin a bit like, and this will be over a lot of people's heads, but a bit like um, Han Solo series off of Star Wars or, or Boba, Boba Hutt. But I don't know if you know that, but anyway, it's kind of like that. It's a little bit of a, of a mini series spin off in about hopefully 27 minutes. We'll see if we can do that. So, so we're going to look at, um, at something that I, I came across a few years ago, and it, and it kind of troubled me. I thought, why did Jesus wash the disciples' feet? And it maybe seems like a strange question to you, but uh, let's, let's read this passage, and then we'll, we'll take a little look at it. Hopefully, you can see my very small overhead there. Um, it was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already, already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you were clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not every one of you was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I 
your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So uh, probably a familiar passage to, to many of us. You've probably read it a number of times. Um, and I'll just give you a little bit of, of background. Just I, I love context. I, I, I'm not a big fan of kind of hit and run when it comes to the Bible. I like to know the, the context. So I, I, I love the Gospel of John. Brianna asked me yesterday, we were hiking. She said, what's your favorite book in the Bible? And I said, I've got lots, but my favorite gospel is the, is the Gospel of John. Um, and, and I love the uniqueness of John, written many years after the other three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. And I love the unique passages that we find in John. And this is one of them. This is not found in either of the other three Gospels. This is unique to John. So I think this had a, had a big impact, like many of the other unique passages in John, to John himself as he penned this in his old age. Um, it's also considered the beginning of, of kind of the upper room discourse. So that the last days of Jesus' life, last hours, Jesus gives final instruction and, and very rich. If you read from chapter 13 through 17, uh, incredibly rich passages, a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit, about about. Um, about Jesus himself, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and so on. It's really rich teaching in the upper room discourse. You, you could spend all winter just looking at, at those passages. And then, and also, I think whenever you look at the Gospel of John, I encourage you to always keep in mind John 20, 31. Just keep that in mind because uh, John's great because at the end in John 20, 31, he tells us why he'd written the, the Gospel of John. It's, it's so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So the whole of, of and, and have life. So the whole of the Gospel of John is really to, 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 to present Jesus, who he is. He's the Messiah. He was, he was a man, and he's also God, and he's come to bring life. So keep that in your mind whenever you look at the Gospel of John. That was more than a minute on that slide, so I, I feel under pressure. So let's, let's answer the question. Let's, let's try and answer this question of why then did Jesus wash the disciples' feet, and why right now? So firstly, and this is going to blow you away, here's, here's the first reason, because they had dirty feet. So there you go. I, I would imagine they did. <laughs> yeah, I knew it would blow you away. Uh, I, when, growing up, we used to wear wellies, uh, rubber boots. I don't know what you call them here. Well, Wellington boots, do you call them Wellington boots? Yeah, wellies. Anyway, so we would refer to these type of shoes as desert wellies, you know, and, and I kind of picture the Middle East people wearing these desert wellies, which... which probably don't keep the mud off, but, but this time of year is great, isn't it? You, you realize you, you come in after being out in your flip-flops and, and there's, you know, it's, it's pretty messy, isn't it, down there? So, so they certainly had, had dirty feet. Uh, possibility here, but, but I don't think so. Maybe to establish some religious ordinance, you know, some, something that we should be doing at church. Uh, I'm not suggesting we should, Scott, but, uh, and, and Paul doesn't refer to it all in Corinthians, which gives a lot of instruction to the church. So probably not to establish some religious ordinance. Um, to teach humility, I, I think that's directly from the text, isn't it? That Jesus says at the end, you know, I, I your teacher and Lord, you know that's what I am, and the, the disciples declared it. You know, what I've done for you, do for others. So a great lesson in, in humility. The, the, you know, the, the creator of the universe stooping to, to those depths to, to wash their feet. So, so certainly, yes, I think that is a reason why. But I don't think that, that there's a couple of um, sec sections here that I think make that not the main reason. I think there's multiple reasons, but I don't think that's the main reason. Because in the passage it says, um, Jesus now showed them the full extent of his love. 
And I don't think washing their feet showed the full extent of his love. I think dying on the cross shows the full extent of, of God's love and Jesus' love for us. And then the fact that, they, that he says to Peter, you, you, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but later you will. I would have thought that would be pretty obvious to, to Peter and the others right then if it was just about humility. So I think, it's, I think there's a little bit more to it, which hopefully we'll see in a minute. And I think part of it is, is, is to create a memory trigger. I don't know if you know what memory triggers are. Um, whenever I, I don't drink tea very often. I'm English, but I don't drink tea. But when I do, it reminds me of my mum. I don't know. She, she was a, a massive tea drinker. She died drinking tea at the age of 97. She overdrank tea. Um, but whatever, whatever I drink tea, it just reminds me of her. And, you know, certain smells, you know, our five senses are, are, are fantastic at bringing back memories. Some not good as well. Sometimes you hear a song and it reminds you of, of, a, of a difficult time or maybe the other way around. So, so memory triggers are, are very important for us and very real, aren't they? And biblically as well, if you remember, Jesus said to, to Peter, you'll deny me. And, and when the rooster crows, you'll know it. And, and basically that was a, an instant memory trigger. But I would imagine that Peter, for the rest of his life, whenever he heard the rooster crow, would be like, oh, I denied Jesus way back then. I think that would probably haunt him for the rest of his life. But I think another memory trigger for Peter, when in, in, in John 21, where, where Jesus invites Peter and the other disciples to fellowship with him, that's the, and, and come and have fish, come and have breakfast, basically, that smell of, of fish on the fire, I imagine that overpowered the, the rooster crowing for Peter. It would be a great memory trigger of, of, of coming back into fellowship with Jesus and Jesus' heart and desire to, to restore that relationship. And then obviously, probably the greatest memory trigger that we have is, is taking communion, which I think will be offered uh, towards the end of the service as well. That, that when, we, when we eat the bread, the taste of the bread and, and the wine reminds us of, of Jesus' body that he gave for us, his blood that he shed for us. So, so memory triggers, certainly very, very biblical. So let's look at this as, as we kind of wrap up in the next 15, 20 minutes. We'll, we'll look at five things. We'll look at the timing. So I think the timing of, of, of this happening and John penning this is key. We'll look at the action and then every action has a reaction. So let's look at the reaction. We'll, we'll see the lesson or the lessons that we can find in there. And then hopefully when we finish, we'll, we'll look at some application. Okay, so put your seatbelts on. Here we go. So let's look at the timing. And uh, I, I think if you, if you know John well, the Gospel of John, there's a number of places in, in, the, in the Gospel of John where perhaps Jesus was trying to be arrested or, or, the, or the religious leaders were trying to get him, but he always snuck away. Do you ever notice that? We don't get much detail, but Jesus slid away or snuck away because the time had not come. But at the beginning of this chapter, chapter 13, um, it was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew the time had come. So the time had come that, that this Passover feast would be that the last Passover feast that, that Jesus would celebrate and really would be the fulfillment of all Passover feasts. You know, the, the Passover lamb that, that, that pictured being released from Egypt, Jesus fulfilled that, didn't he? As, as he, our Passover lamb, the ultimate Passover lamb, shed his blood and, and we applied his blood to the doorposts of our lives so that we can have new life and go free and be forgiven. So the, the, the timing was, was perfect in regard to, to the Passover, in regard to, to the end of Jesus' life. Um, and it, it says in these verses that Jesus knew that the time had come and that he was going back to be with the Father. So the timing was just right, wasn't it, for Jesus? He, he also knew that, the, um, that Satan had already prompted Judas to betray him. So that was already there as well. 
the disciples were ready. You know, Jesus had, had shown them his love, but now he was going to, uh, I guess, visually give this memory trigger of, of his ultimate love for them, which we'll, we'll come to in just a moment. So everything's ready. The stage is set. The time is just right. But there's one thing missing. And I don't know if you can picture the, the scene. They're, they're in this, in this room. Um, food is prepared. It says the food was being served. So it was right at that point of being served. So I would assume that hands have been washed, probably not sanitized, but, but washed. And, and the, the disciples, probably Lazarus as well, were reclining, because I think that's what they did. They were reclining at the table. Um, so let's, let's visually just look at this. And I'm going to try and give you a little, a little visual of this, this, this action. John gives us so much detail. And, and I don't know why. Well, I think I do know why. But it's very surprising, the detail that he gives us. I'm going to put that down for a minute and get a few things. Don't worry, I'm not coming to wash your feet because you'll start leaving, won't you? Okay, so, so picture the scene. We have, this is, this is Jesus' outer garment. I know it's a towel, but we'll pretend it's, it's actually a, a relic from Bible times. Like most churches in Spain have a relic of Jesus somewhere. Um, so reclining at the table, I don't know quite how you do that, but it would seem that, that they reclined, probably ate with one hand, probably not the left hand, probably the right hand. Um, maybe not even a table, maybe directly on the floor. So the, it seems like everything is ready. The, the food has been prepared. It's being served. Hands are clean. They're probably sharing from one pot, so I think it would be important that the hands were cleaned. But it seems like there's one thing missing, and that is the lowest servant. And what I understand historically is that there were a bit like Downton Abbey, you know, the levels of servant, if anybody watched Downton Abbey, um, there would be different levels of, 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 of servants. And the lowest servant was, was him who washed the feet. And, and you can imagine why. If you walk in the streets, feet are pretty disgusting, aren't they? Um, I, I'm not saying yours are, but I, I wouldn't want you to, to have to touch my feet or wash my feet. But um, so I think that that lowest servant was missing. And so they're all there, ready to eat. Perhaps, you know, it would be traditional or would be accustomed to wash feet. I think, I think it was a normal thing. But if there was no servant there, then it wasn't appropriate for anybody else to do it. So all ready to eat. Nobody else thinks of this except for Jesus. And it says that he gets up from the table and he takes off his outer garment so let, let's, let's just do that again really quickly. So Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer garment, and then it says he grabs a towel and puts it around his waist. A lot harder with a mic in your hand. So I don't know if that's uh, how he'd, he would wear it. And then it says that he, he poured the water into the basin And then began to wash the disciples' feet. So a lot of detail. You know, it could have just, John could have just said, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, end of story. But we have all that detail from Jesus leaving his position of honor. So I think Jesus would have had, most certainly, and, and it's referred to in some of the other um, accounts of the disciples eating, Jesus would have that place of honor at the table. So he left his place of honor, took off his outer garment, which would be probably what you'd recognize him by, and, and took, grabbed the towel, took, took that item that represented the, the, the lowest of servants, and he poured out. He poured out the water, 
and then wash the disciples' feet. And then at the end of the account that we read, he then returns to the table and takes his position again. So he totally completes the task and returns. So here, here's the link. Here's our, our link from a few weeks ago. This is going to be multi-handed now. Here we go. Philippians 2.6. And I think it's, a, it's an incredible um, parallel passage. Philippians 2, the, 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 where Paul says, consider Jesus, or think like Jesus, or have the attitude of Jesus. It, it really pictures this, this memory trigger of what Jesus does for us. Let me read these verses. There's a lot of things going on right here. <laughs> Multi-handed. Here we go. So verse 5, Paul says in Philippians 2, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he, Jesus left his position of honor. He, he set aside his position of honor, and then he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, and really the, the lower servant, being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. I mean, it doesn't get more humble than that. Um, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. In other words, he poured himself out for us to, to wash us clean, to make us clean. But then wonderfully, as Jesus returned to the table, it says here, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. So I think that's the memory trigger. And I think that's what John remembers when he thinks of this account of Jesus washing their feet and the detail of it, it, it pictures so clearly what Jesus has done for us. Coming down from heaven, leaving that place of honor, taking the very nature of a servant and, and, and washing us clean. I'll take this off. This is a bit distracting. There we go. Um, and, he, and he pours himself out. And, and I think I probably men mention every time, but, but the words of Jesus on the cross, it is finished. Tetelestai, it's totally done. So Jesus completes the task. He washes the disciples' feet, even Judas's feet, and he returns to that place. And, and returning to the table is aorist tense. It's a completed action. He totally completes the task and returns. And that's what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's totally done. Every, there's, there's no, he doesn't need to come back and do more. So we have, we have the action. And now the, the, the reaction. And we don't have the reaction of, of everybody else, do we? We don't, have, we don't know what the other disciples, we don't have it written down here. But I would imagine it would be the same. That there would be, there'd be a sense of embarrassment. You know, if I suddenly started coming around washing your feet, I, I think you'd, you'd be, you know, the person in front of you is being done. It's like me next. Oh, no, I don't want to. I didn't, my, my feet are dirty. I'd put the worst socks on. If I'd known, I would have put better socks on this morning. But I've got the ones with holes in the heel and everything else. Um, so there would be a sense of embarrassment, I think discomfort, um, almost humiliation. And, and I bet they felt bad for not leaving the table. You know, they see Jesus get up, the most important person there gets up and does what the lowest servant does. Everybody else just sat there. You know, I'm not going to do it. You know, why should I do it? But what, what a reaction that would be. I'm sure they all felt the same way. Uh, and even a sense of unworthiness. I mean, that's what Peter says. You're not going to wash mine, are you? You know, that, don't wash mine. Um, you know, we should be washing yours. So, so a definite reaction. And I wonder what our reaction is to Jesus. 
you know, for some of us, maybe we've never really come to Jesus. We've never met him. We've never given our lives to him. Perhaps because we feel unworthy. We feel like we're, we're too dirty to be cleaned. That is not the case. What Jesus did on the cross is enough for every single one of us. And he longs to do that. He, he longs to wash us clean. Uh, you know, he's, he's left that place of honor in order to do that. He's poured himself out. It's totally completed. So that is the, the reaction, the reaction of Peter. And then, and then the lesson uh, really comes out of Peter's reaction, doesn't it? Do you remember, remember these verses I read to you um, where Peter says, I mean, he says, Lord, uh, are you going to wash my feet? He, he's actually really saying, you're not going to wash mine, are you? And, and Jesus says, yes, uh, you don't realize what I'm doing, but, I'll, but you'll understand later. Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. That is a massive statement, isn't it? Unless I wash you, you, you have no part with me. But Peter goes on to say, well, then wash all of me, you know. <laughs> but but it's, a great, it's a great spiritual lesson, isn't it? That, that we, we, we need to be washed. If, if we don't know Jesus, we... We have no part with him. And uh, unless I want, sorry, I'm, I'm behind on my slides now. And, and I love verses like that, that are so uh, definitive. You know, there's no, it's not a maybe, it's not a gray. You know, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. It's not if I don't wash you, uh, you might have some of me, but not all of me. No, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And I like 1 John 5, 12, because it is definitive, isn't it? Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. It's, there's no middle ground. There's no gray area. Uh, we need Jesus. We need to be washed by him and we need his life. Um, but there's another side to that because Jesus goes on and, and does wash the feet. And he, and he says, he says, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean and you are clean, but not all of you. So there's, there's two aspects to the Christian life, isn't there? We, we must have a bath. <laughs> we must be totally washed by Jesus. We must be washed in the blood of Jesus. That, that has to happen. And that's, that's not a superficial washing, is it? That's not an external washing. That's an inner washing where our hearts are made clean, where our, our lives are totally transformed, where God's life returns to our life. Um, sorry, the, uh, this verse right here. Uh, this, this illustrates it, I think, better. You know, we, we, we need to be washed, but, uh, but, but the sanctification aspect of it. So sanctification is, a, is a, a very religious word, a very churchy word, basically means that, that we need to wash our hands. You know, we've had a bath, we've had a shower, uh, but, but we need to, that there's areas of our life that God needs to work on. It doesn't mean we're not saved. It doesn't mean we're not clean. It doesn't mean we don't have life, but, but it's his work in, in changing us and conforming us more to himself. And, and I put this picture up here. I, I used to spend a bit of time in Africa uh, a few times a year, and, uh, and, and particularly Western Kenya. Oops. In Western Kenya, where um, I, I'd stay with a friend of mine, Omido, and he didn't have a well at his house. There's no electricity, no running water. So we, I would go at the end of the day covered in red dust because we'd be in schools, we'd be on the farm, we'd be doing different things. And I would, I would go to the uh, late at night, sometimes under the moonlight, to, to the neighbor's house who, who let me use his well. And, and you, I don't know if you've ever done that, but you just draw the water up, decant it into another container, and then go to the side and, and wash. And, and I would do that every night. And it's a great feeling to, to get that dust off and the grime at the end of the day. Um, but I, I remember particularly one day walking back to Amido's house, the, the neighbor had a cow that was always tethered in the, near, near his house, near his hut. 
and uh, walking back, clean, flip-flops on, towel around my waist. I slipped in a, in a pile of, of, of cow poop. Um, and, and it kind of went not just on the bottom of my flip-flop, but into my toes and up my ankle. It was, it was steamy and, and just, just ready to step in. And, and I think that pictures, you know, I, I was clean. <laughs> I, you know, I had, I had a bath. So I didn't go back and rebathe. I, I actually cleaned my foot off uh, as best I could before I hopped into bed uh, that night. And I think that's, that, that's a little bit like the Christian life. We, we don't need to rebathe. We don't need to be reborn again. We're, we're born again. That's a fact. But, but we do need, there's areas of our life that the Lord needs to work on. That the muck of, of, of traveling each day, the things we come across, the decisions we make, the, the things we see, um, we need him to prompt us. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to prompt us to, to change us and make us more like himself. So let's look at the application um, as, as, we, as we wrap up here. So that was the lesson in a sense. The, there's, we, we must have a bath, but we also need his sanctifying work, his, his work in our lives. So I guess the question in, in the application for us here today is, have you had that bath? You know, how, do you know Jesus? Has, has he, have you received his life? Have you confessed your sins to him? Has he washed you clean? And if he has, then rest in that. Enjoy that fact. Uh, don't let the enemy make you feel insecure about it because tetelestai, it's finished. What he's done is done. It's totally taken care of. But second question, how, how are your feet this morning? <laughs> you know, what are your feet like? And, and by that, I mean, you know, are there areas of our lives that, that he wants to, to work on, to change, to transform, to, uh, to, to clean up a little bit? Because that's the business that he does. And I like Titus, Titus 2.11, for the grace of God... So this is talking of salvation, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men. So that's the fact. But I like this as well, because this is, in a sense, verse 11 is, is our salvation, and verse 12 is this ongoing process. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright lives in this present age. It's an ongoing process. I, li I, like the, I always love when I hear teachers. It's not instant. You know, we don't come to Christ and then, wow, that guy's perfect now perfect in position to God, but, but we, we need to allow the Holy Spirit, you know, to allow the Spirit of Jesus to, to prompt us and to work in our lives. And I, I like this picture. It's really, I don't know if you can see it very well. It's an old historical picture of, of really from, Romans, from Revelation chapter 3, the church at Laodicea, and it's Jesus knocking on a door. And it's a bit dark, but you, 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 this door has not been opened in a while. It's got it's got things growing up it. There's vines over it. It's, it's a door that's not been opened. And I wonder if that's, if that's us sometimes. It is me where, you know, I'm, I'm content in, in the room. I know I'm saved. I'm content there. But I'm not sensitive to him knocking on that door. Hey, I, I want to take care of this area. I want to I clean that muck off your, off your foot. And we get quite comfortable just closing the door on it. And that door gets grown over. We, we get less and less sensitive to hearing the knock. So how are your feet this morning? How's that door? You know, are you, uh, are you wanting the Lord, are you wanting to hear his voice? Are you wanting to hear the prompting of the Holy Spirit to, to clean up maybe some of these things that, that we pick up and the choices we make? So have you had a bath? How are your feet this morning? And then, and then lastly, because I think this is very evident in the passage, you know, do I need to grab a towel? Do, do I need to go and grab the towel? Because Jesus says, do likewise. You do likewise. He left his position of honor and took that position of a servant. 
And I wonder if we need to do that. So in a sense, the first two are between us and God, aren't they? You know, having the bath and being washed. But I think this is between each of us, where I wonder if we need to leave. We, we, we establish ourselves in positions of honor. Maybe we've been hurt by somebody. Maybe we just set up a position where we feel better than another. But I wonder if we need to grab the towel. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe we need to, to say sorry to somebody. Maybe we need to forgive somebody. Um, but it, but it, would, it takes leaving that position of honor. It takes sometimes taking off an outer garment, you know, that is really hard to take off. It's well buttoned up. It's safe and cozy. Maybe we've got to take that off and grab the towel. So that, that's it. I think we've done it just about in, a, in about 27 minutes. I'm quite pleased with myself. <laughs> I mean, microphones and everything, we've, we've done it. So let me pray, and, uh, and I'll hand back to, um, to Andrew. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that while we were yet sinners, you sent Jesus and, and he died for us. Thank you that you've forgiven us, that you've given us life, that you've washed us clean and we don't need to doubt that. But Father, thank you that your desire is to, to prompt us and, and to sanctify us and to um, clean up the areas of our lives that we haven't allowed you in yet. Father, I pray that I would be more sensitive to your knock on my door the door of my life. I pray, Father, if there's areas in my life where I need to, to step down and, and grab a towel and, and perhaps wash somebody else's feet, that I would be sensitive to your voice. And I pray that for each of us too. Thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you, 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 you took that towel and you have washed us clean. In your name, amen.